The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. Good morning, everybody. Say good morning to your neighbor to the left and to the right. Today, we are in the third part of our series, Enlargement. And that is the word for 2023. Our text remains Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. Isaiah 54, 2 and 3. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stake. For you will soon, everybody say soon, you will soon be bursting at the seams. Your descendant will occupy other nations and resettle the ruined cities. Now, God is saying to us, enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth the curtains of your habitations. God is saying, don't hold back, which means there is a tendency for us to hold back when the stretching begins. When we move in a direction that enlarges us or that will enlarge us, but it stretches us, we have the tendency to hold back. So like we, we saw last week that inherent in enlargement is stretching. And stretching brings stressing. When you stretch a material, you are stressing that material. That's why materials have what they call elastic limit, the point at which any more stressing will break that material. And we have a lot of people that are, that are breaking, that have been stretched and stretched by life. And they, they feel, oh, I'm at my breaking point. You're feeling that you're about to break. God will strengthen you in the name of Jesus. So you're like, I'm about to, I'm, I'm about to break. I cannot stretch anymore. God says, no, you are about to be enlarged. So you will go beyond what you already know as your breaking point. Why? Because you are exchanging your weakness for his strength. And that's what we're going to see, I mean, down the line. Today, I'm praying that God will give us understanding, open our hearts to see and receive his word in the mighty name of Jesus. Psalm 119, verse 143, like we read last week, Psalm 119, 143 says to us that as pressure and stress bear down on me, I find joy in your command. So, pressure, stress, stretching, breaks down, but I find joy in your command. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that you will find joy in God's word in the mighty name of Jesus. So, we saw last week that we all are believing God for an enlargement of territory in different ways. It could be financial territory, it could be relational territory, it could be business territory. You know, we are trusting God for enlargement of territory. So when we think of enlargement, we think of the territory that needs to be enlarged. However, like we saw last week, that there are things that need to be enlarged, that we can enlarge, that will result in our territory being enlarged. So many times we are, 
making the effort to enlarge our territory, but God is saying, no, enlarge these things, then inadvertently your territory will enlarge. And we saw the map, that the mind is the first place that enlargement needs to happen. Your mind needs to be enlarged. And when that happens, it leads to the enlargement of heart. You become large-hearted. And we saw last week how being large-hearted means that you are, you are forgiving. When they say that lady is large-hearted, it means you are kind-hearted. It means you are generous. It means that you are becoming more and more like God. And today we are going to look at the strength bit of it. And when we stretch our minds, we have the platform to stretch our strength. Our strength as the foundation on which it can be stretched. But the mind is the first place that stretching must happen. I mean, classic example. Let's take physical fitness. For you to have physical strength, your mind must first be adjusted to the reality of exercise and training. Until your mind accepts it, you will not get up and do it. But when your mind embraces it, then you can submit yourself to the required training and build strength. So enlarge the place of your tent. Enlarge your strength. God is saying to you and I, stretch the curtains, the tent curtains of your strength wide. Don't hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. So God's miracles usually, usually require you and I to stretch for what we are believing for. God will put things in places where you need to stretch for you to possess it. So what I'm saying is God's miracles usually require you to stretch for you to possess it. It usually requires for you to stretch. And many times, when the, the misconception is that when you pray, God will drop it on your lap. No, God doesn't do that. When you pray, God puts it within your reach. That's what happens. And when something is within your reach, it means that you have to stretch to get it. And this is so powerful. A lot of people are confused because they are praying and they are praying. You are praying for a job. You don't understand that God wants you to go through that training and apply for those jobs and stretch and get the job. We want to sit in our homes and expect a knock on our door, a mail in the mailbox and, and say, oh, congratulations, you have a new job. No, it doesn't work like that. So I'm praying that your hand will take hold of everything that God has put in your heart in the name of Jesus. That your hand will take hold of everything that heaven has put in your heart in the name of Jesus. So when heaven puts a desire in your heart and you're just waiting, you don't stretch, 
it becomes frustrating. In fact, so many people don't even want those desires anymore because they, become, they move from being dreams to being nightmares. God wants you to stretch. Everybody says stretch. So for your hands to take hold of the things God has put in your heart, you will have to stretch, my brother. You will have to stretch, my sister. You will have to stretch. You will have to stretch. So I, I prophesy in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that your hand will take hold of the things that God has put in your heart in the mighty name of Jesus. God doesn't drop it on our laps. He puts it within our reach. He puts it within our reach. But the confusion for a lot of people is this, because that's how God works. God will do what you can do. So that you will do what you can do. And because God puts it within our reach and we stretch and we get it. So people are confused and they think that they are self-made. They think, oh, I worked hard for my money. I worked hard for my job. I worked hard for this. I worked hard. <laughs> if God did not put it within your reach, you cannot get it. So that's why all the glory must be to God. Because there are many people that are working harder than you and they don't have the job. There are many people that have worked harder than you that don't have the business that you have. So God puts it within your reach. So when you get it, you have to ascribe praise and glory to him. In Matthew 12, 13, something very, every time I read this scripture, I, I'm, I'm, the way my mind works, is that I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh wow, Jesus, really? Then he, See it he, Jesus said to the man, to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched forth, and he was restored whole, like as the other. No, 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 no. This is Jesus. You are there, you are God. Why don't you just speak to the hand to come out? And the hand will come out. Why don't you just help the guy and pull the hand out? You are there. You've brought all the power of heaven. But he still said to the man, you stretch forth your hand. For many of us, God is with you. The power of God for that next level is there. And God is saying to you, stretch forth your hand. And many times we are saying to Jesus, oh, <laughs> but, you know, I don't have someone to help me. I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have... God says, stretch forth your hand. So the man had to stretch his hands. You will reach your goal in the name of Jesus. However, my brother, my sister, you will have to stretch. <laughs> you will reach your goal. You reach your goal, but you will have to stretch. Why? Because God always puts within your reach the things he has put within your heart. God always always put within your reach the things he has put within your heart. Now, think about it. The children of Israel, God put the manna within their reach, not in their mouth. Do you know that? God put the manna, the manna fell outside. Do you think God could not have supplied the manna to be on their, on their dining tables? For instance, even at that, they still have to reach out to get it. God could have put it in their mouth. God would just say, open your mouth, ah, and we just put it. God can do that. But God says the manna will be outside, within your reach. So the people had to leave their tents. Ooh, 
You have to leave your comfort zone. They had to leave their tent. They had to leave their habitation. They had to go out. They had to reach out. So God will always put your provision within your reach. God doesn't put it on your laps. So I prophesy in the name of Jesus that your provision is within your reach. In the mighty name of Jesus, as we call forth every breakthrough from the north, from the south, from the east, from the west, in the name of Jesus, you will see the manifestation. They are within your reach. So, but many times when we are calling things forth, we have this idea that it will enter into our pockets. But God is saying, the, it's going to be within your reach. So, in the name of Jesus, that promotion you are trusting God for is now within your reach. It is now within your reach. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, that breakthrough is now within your reach. It is now within your reach. So, I speak speak to your hands. I speak to you. I say, stretch out in the name of Jesus. Stretch out and receive it in the name of Jesus. You need to get up and stretch. Everyone says, stretch. You need to stretch. You want to achieve A. You've been praying for A. I'm just a messenger here to tell you, congratulations, A is within your reach. Hallelujah. <laughs> A is within your reach. But you know what that means? You have to stretch to get it. To receive. I mean, this is, this is very interesting. You need to have exercised the capacity of stretching in giving. For you to be able to receive you must have exercised your capacity of stretching in giving. Classic example, Abraham, Genesis 22, Genesis 22, 10. The word of God says, and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay the son. Abraham's capacity to become the father of all nations was tied to the fact that he stretched forth his hand to give his son. If your hand cannot be stretched in giving, they will be unable to be stretched in receiving. Many times, we want our hands to be, to be stretched in receiving. But God exercises that hand in giving. And it's that capacity that has been built that you can use to receive. So people that are struggling with receiving from heaven have not given as instructed by heaven. So when you give as heaven instructs, you make the room to receive as heaven provides. So what he gives me, he wants to give through me. So that it can get more to me. Hallelujah. So what he gives me, he wants to give through me so that it can get more to me. That's huge. So the capacity to receive is developed when you stretch and give. Daniel chapter 11 
verse 32, Daniel 11, 32, says, and, as, and such as do wickedly against the covenant shall be corrupted by flattery, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. So we see that knowledge, mind, and strength are connected. The people that do know their God. So, so we're talking about knowledge and mind and your mind being the foundation for building strength. So the people that do know their God shall be strong. People that are weak don't know. You must have heard it said that knowledge is power. <laughs> people that you can be in a place and there are opportunities. If you don't know, you don't know. But if you know, you know. And it gives you strength. Acquiring the right knowledge is so, 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 so powerful. Proverbs 24 verse 5 says, A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. Increases strength. Last week we were talking about the books you read. We are talking about how to enlarge your mind. It increases your strength. What is strength? This, your strength is the capacity to withstand great force or pressure. You have strength if you have the capacity, the capacity of an object to withstand great force or pressure. I pray that God will strengthen you in the name of Jesus. And when we look at strength, a component, a building block of strength that, that we should take note of is courage. Courage is a building block of strength. And courage is a function of the heart, not just knowledge. For instance, you can know knowledge, know that according to Psalm 46 from verse 1, that God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. That is head knowledge. It's one thing. But when trouble comes, what happens to people that just have it in their heads? Sometimes they fly away. <laughs> you forget. People that have say, God is a refuge and strength. A very present help in type of trouble. The trouble comes and they are running out of scatter. And you don't, and you're wondering, but you just said that God is your refuge and strength and is a very present help in time of trouble. But when trouble comes, you are panicking. You are having emotional attacks. You are having seizures, maybe not that dramatic, but it just shows that. Their knowledge is not enough to infuse courage. Ha ha ha. So what do you need? Knowledge needs to be infused into your heart. You see that diagram again? Everything is intertwined. It needs to be infused into your heart. What burns knowledge into the heart? It's a word that has been misunderstood largely by a lot of people, particularly New Age people, you know, and that word is meditation. Meditation. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, 
for you will meditate in it day and night, that you will observe to do that which is written therein. So meditation, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Meditation basically means taking God's word, putting it in your mouth, speaking it to yourself, keeping your focus on it, reiterating it over and over again. Guess what? Until it is burnt in your heart. So it becomes a part of you. So when trouble comes, you can stand and say, God is my refuge and strength. Is my ever-present help in time of trouble. So you see the difference. One person has head knowledge. When trouble comes, the person, before trouble comes, the person has been mounting it. God is my refuge and strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. I'm a king's kid. I'm the Lord's daughter. I'm the Lord's son. Yadi, yadi, yadi. Trouble comes. The person is saying, yeah, I'm finished though. Ah, God, why, why, why? Am I the only one in Lagos? Another person, when trouble comes, guess what? Trouble, does, trouble is not a respecter of persons. Everybody will have trouble. When trouble comes, you can say confidently, God is my refuge and strength. Guess what? It's coming from the heart, not just from the head. Proverbs 24 verse 10. Proverbs 24 10 says that if you faint, I mean it's a, it's a very interesting scripture. If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. I'm like, okay. If you faint, if is a conditional statement. I mean, if you, if you code, you understand what I'm saying. If you don't have to fail in the day of adversity. No. But if you do, if you faint in the day of adversity, it means your strength is small. So the NLT says that if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. The GNT translation says that if you are weak in crisis, you are weak indeed. <laughs> so, so, and I'm like, wait a minute. It is crisis that determines whether you are weak or not. Everybody looks okay when everything is okay. It is when crisis comes, that's when you know if you are actually weak or not. There are people that when crisis comes, they jump out of, of the ship. You are friends. They call them fear without friends. When crisis comes, they abandon you. They are weak people. They are weak indeed. You have even people that bail out on themselves. You know, one of the things that God said to me some years ago when, you know, I was, I was going through some stuff, God said to me that, Femi, if you don't give up, I have not given up. I cannot give up on you. You don't give up on yourself. If you don't give up, you'll be all right. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Many times we think that we need to convince God not to give up on us. That that is when we'll be okay. God is saying, no, I, I can't give up on you. That's sorted. If you don't give up on yourself, you will be fine. So if you faint in the day of adversity, 
you have a strength problem. Your strength is small. If you feel under pressure, if you are weak in crisis, then you are weak indeed. So the issue is not the adversity. So, you know, many times we think, oh, it's because of the troubles I'm going through or the troubles I've gone through in life or, you know, I've been scarred, I've been traumatized, I've been this, I've been that. I, I mean, and God is saying it has nothing to do with the problem. It has nothing to do with the trauma. It has nothing to do with crisis. It has everything to do with the strength you have built or you are committed to building. So, the issue is not with the adversity. The problem is not with the pressure. The problem is not that there is crisis. The issue is that your strength is small. That is the problem. So, so we shouldn't try and blame the adversity or put it on the crisis or put it on the pressure. We should see ourselves for what we really at least at the time. That's a oh boy, a oh girl. You are weak. You need to build strength. Oh, hallelujah. And you see, many of us are trusting God for peace and we want peace. We want our happiness. We want peace. And that's God's heart for you. But guess what? You cannot have peace if you are not strong. You cannot have peace if you are not strong. The things that maintain and sustain your peace is your strength. It's your strength. There are nations in this world, for instance, I don't want to mention nations, that you don't just launch missiles at them. They are at peace. The reason, listen, the reason Putin cannot attack on Ukraine. I don't want to get into international politics, but I just want to mention this. It's because Ukraine is weak. Ukraine was weak. Ukraine made a big error years ago when they gave up their nuclear weapons. In the name of peace, you see, that's, 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 that's the error of the world. So they gave up their nuclear weapons in the name of peace. And they're weak. Putin will think twice before it attacks China. <laughs> oh, yes. He will think twice before he attacks the US. Why? Why? There's peace in China right now. There's peace in the US right now. Why? Because they are strong. If you attack someone that is strong, be ready for trouble. So, and because you can't have peace if you are not strong, you can only have peace if you are strong. You need to develop strength so that you can have peace. You know, many people think they are humble. I said to folks that, you think you are humble. You really think you are humble. But you are not. And you can't even say you are humble if you don't have the resources that will make you proud and you refuse to be proud. You can't say you are humble if you don't have the means of killing and you don't kill. You can't say you, you, are, um, you are meek. Meekness is strength under control. That's, that's meekness. Moses was meek. Moses could, have, could call fire from heaven, but he chose not to. That is meekness. Can you call fire from heaven? 
Somebody, you see, which is why, again, I don't want to get into certain politics, you know, <laughs> and stuff. You don't have a gun. And you're saying that, oh, you're, you're calm when somebody comes into your house. No, you should be calm. You're calm when you have a gun and you can shoot the person. And you choose not to because you are controlled. And guess what? People will not come into your house and talk to you anyhow if they know you have a gun. <laughs> That's how it works. Power. You see, you need to be powerful. You need to be powerful and controlled. You need to be strong and controlled. You cannot have peace if you are not strong. Psalm 29 verse 11 says to us, Psalm 29 verse 11 says, The Lord gives his people strength. The Lord blesses them with peace. Can you see that? Can you see that? It goes together. If you don't have strength, you can't have peace. Everybody will be riding on your head. Everybody will be looking for your trouble and getting away with it. If you, don't, if you are not strong, you can't have peace. But if you are strong, before the Russia of this world chooses to launch an attack on you, do you know how close the U.S. is to Russia? It's actually pretty close. If Russia tries to launch the attack, guess what will happen? Russia can be raised to, to rubbles in a matter of days. They won't try it. Why wouldn't Russia attack China? Like we said, because China is strong. Your strength. If you want peace, let me say, oh, I don't want, I'm not the, I don't want, I'm not the violent, violent, I mean, the, the, the violent, I'm not the violent person. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fighter. Listen, I want peace, I don't like trouble, I don't like to fight. Listen, you have to learn to be strong so that you can maintain your peace. You have to be strong. You have to be strong. You have to be a fighter so you can maintain your home. You have to be a fight. If you're not a fighter, you cannot hold down even your children. You have to be a fighter to hold down even your job. You have to be a fighter to hold down your business and have your market share. You have to be a fighter. You have to be strong. So instead of praying that God should take away the adversity, pray that God will increase your strength. Because adversity is not going anywhere. As long as you are here on earth, you are going to have challenges. But some people appear to be enjoying this life, this same life. Do you know why? They have built strength. They have built strength. And God is saying, enlarge the place of your strength. Enlarge the place of your capacity for Strength. Enlarge it. Enlarge it. Enlarge it. Why? Because taking away adversity actually adds no value to you. Apart from ease. If you take away all the trouble, it doesn't add any value to you. But if you're in trouble, 
you increase your strength. When the trouble goes, because that's another thing about adversity, every adversity has an expiry date. Every crisis has an expiry date. Every trouble will expire. When the adversity goes, guess what? You have become what? Stronger. Oh, yes. You have become stronger. Ready for the next adversity. Because you will overcome. Life is a cycle of adversities. So, rather than wanting to escape adversity, you can't. Build strength. God is saying, pay attention this year to building strength. For instance, COVID came and hit 2020. It's three years now and it's dawning on the world. I mean, again, we're all confused. We didn't know what to do. But I kept saying to people, this thing is not going anywhere. COVID is not going anywhere. You know why? Because not because I'm so smart or anything. Because if you just look at history, we still have polio till today. Till today, we still have chickenpox. There's still yellow fever. Guess what? Every pandemic or epidemic that has hit never goes. So what happens? People become stronger. That is why you need to build your immunity. That's why it all is, you see, that's what vaccination is all about. So when you are vaccinated, and again, I mean, I'm not here preaching vaccination or no vaccination. I'm just giving you, I'm just educating, <laughs> you know. When you get vac vaccinated, it, it builds your immunity because, you know, you know the process, you know, your body begins to fight it and trains. So vaccination trains you. It's like going to the gym. It trains your immune system. So your immune system comes stronger. And some people will still get the COVID, but guess what? The, 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 the impact is not as much. Some people, they get it, you don't even feel it. Why? Because you are strong. The strong ones don't even feel it. So you don't, the mistake of the world was trying to eradicate COVID. You can't. Increase your strength. Increase your strength. Build Build your strength. Again, like we explained uh, at the crossover service, that the pandemic attacked the health of nations. And the recession that is upon the world that came 2021-22, people, people are still denying it, is attacking the wealth of nations. So, so the pandemic is attacking the health, the recession is attacking the wealth. The same way, the pandemic is not going away. It's not going away. It will keep mutating. But guess what? Humanity will get stronger and stronger and will live with it because of our strength, not because we have eradicated it. Same thing. The recession, if you check recessions, if you check the history of economies of nations, if you want to look at it in absolute terms, the currencies or the, or, the, or the purchasing power of nations have become weaker and weaker over the, over the centuries. So what has happened? What has happened is that people be, have become stronger, institutions have become stronger. So, so don't pray and wait for the recession to go. Use the season to build your strength, to build your financial strength. Use the season to increase your purchasing power. No economy will remain the same even after recessions, they don't remain the same. 
but recession goes, right? When the recession is over, would you be stronger? That's the question. Or would you be in one corner waiting for it to pass or waiting for it to go? Or would you use it and ride the wave and become stronger? And that's what God wants for you. And he's saying, expand, extend, stretch the curtains of your habitation. Stretch it. So, like someone said, life doesn't get easier or more forgiving. We get stronger and more resilient. You know, I mean, I don't know who said it, I mean, but it's so, so, so true. Stop waiting for life to get easier or for life to get more forgiving. Life is going to get, it's not going to get easier and it's not going to be more forgiving. We have to get stronger and more resilient. I'm sure by now you are saying, okay, pastor, I mean, yes, I need to increase my strength. What are the sources of strength? What are the sources of strength? I'm going to give you the sources of strength. Interestingly, it's, it's something we have been teaching since last year. There are seven sources of strength. That if you harness these sources of strength, you will, be, by the grace of God, be indestructible. You will consistently triumph regardless of the season. The Bible says that it's like the, it will be look like a palm tree planted by the rivers of water that does not care what the weather is saying, does not care what the economy is saying, does not care what the pandemic or health is saying, but is flourishing, season in, season out. Seven sources. Today we're going to look at four. We're going to look at four because of our time, you know, but I'll give you this homework to go and develop on this seven. We look at four. We're not even going to look at them in depth. I'm just going to touch on four. But again, seven sources of strength. Number one, faith, your faith. Number two, family, your family. Number three, friendships, your relationships. Number four, finances, your finances. Number five, fitness, your fitness, your health. Number six, farm. The place you generate primarily from. And number seven, fun. Your recreation. Where are you rejuvenate? I'm sure you've seen those seven F's before. They are the sources of strength. Again, your assignment is go home and drill down on how these areas infuses strength into your life and how you can harness them. You become a, a super strong man or super strong lady in God, in Jesus' name. One, fitness. Your health. The truth is you have to be healthy before you are strong. If you are not, if, if, let's say you are not healthy or someone is not healthy, and you know, you don't strength, and you want to go to the gym, and you're, you're coughing, you're sneezing, you, you can't even stand straight, you are shaking, and you say, Oh, you want to run on treadmill, or you want to do weight, they will, they will tell you to, to go and take care of yourself first. You know, the gym will actually advise you to go home first. They're like, No, 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 I have to be strong. They say, No, 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 you have to be healthy. So you can't even begin to talk about strength. 
if you have not locked down health. And fitness is all about health before strength. You have to be fit. You have to be physically fit. There are things that God wants to bring you into. There are territories that God wants to deliver to you. If you are not physically fit, you cannot cope. I was looking at the life of a billionaire. And I, I, I was looking at the, the guy's life. And I'm like, people would think, oh, this guy has a private jet. He has this, he has that. He's in... He has business in, businesses in Cuba, in, um, in Mexico, in, uh, he needs to go to, I think it's, it's a country in Africa, then he's, he has Asia, Middle East. And this guy, in spite of all the Zoom meetings that can happen, needs to take care of his business interest. And I looked at the schedule and how he travels, and I'm like, this guy, if you, if you even see him move from his car to the plane, I'm like, this guy is physically fit, solid, solidly fit. He can't do what he's doing if he's not as fit as he is. Many of us need to take care of our fitness and our health and our fitness first. There are territories God wants to give you. You can't cope if you're not physically fit. You can't. You have to be. And talking about fitness also, you, you, apart from physical fitness, your mental fitness. You have to be mentally healthy. A lot of people are mentally ill. The same way people are physically ill, they can't go to the gym to develop strength, people are mentally sick. They can't even begin to talk about developing mental strength. They first need to be mentally healthy. Mental sickness is, is real. And if you're mentally ill, seek help. Seek help. Seek help. And of course, some people are spiritually sick. You're spiritually sick. You cannot be even begin to talk about being spiritually strong. You don't even know Jesus. Jesus is not the Lord of your life. You've not talked about the fundamentals of faith. Faith towards God. Repentance from dead works. Baptisms. And you need to move and be healthy spiritually first. Before you can be spiritually strong. So you, you see how fitness <laughs> is a source of strength. Physical fitness. Mental fitness. Spiritual fitness. Move quickly to the second, friendships. Ecclesiastes 4.9 says two people are better than one. So friendships are talking about the relationship you cultivate. Two are better than one. There's no low ranger in God's kingdom. For they can help each other succeed. One person standing alone can be attacked and defeated. But two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. So you need to build your, your relational strength. And there are three dimensions of friendships you must develop. Upward vertical, you must have people that are ahead of you, that are pointing to you, that you are mentoring you, or fathering you, or pointing to you. You must have horizontal 
relationships, people that are like your peers, that you are encouraging you, you are encouraging yourselves, you are telling yourself as it is, and you are helping yourself along the journey, and you must have downward vertical. You must have people that you are helping to understand life, helping to solve issues, helping to grow stronger, helping to... The three dimensions must be in place. And you see that you are getting the right dose of strength from your relationships. Thirdly, family. Family by blood or family by choice. Family is family, either by, by blood or by choice. Jesus said to, to his, um, father, his brothers and mothers and sisters that came to look, up, look for him, and says, oh, this is my mother, these are my father, these are my brothers, that it's family by choice. And he wasn't even being cute. He was just saying it as it is. He, did, he didn't deny his mother. He didn't deny his brothers. They were still his brothers. But he had a bigger family by choice. And one word defines the source of strength of the family. One word. One word makes the family the family. One word. And that word is love. Family gives us the strength that love affords. Friends may leave you, may walk away, may not be happy with you. Family will still love you regardless. And that is big. Everyone must have that safety net where they know they are accepted and loved regardless of their mess-ups. Everybody. And it brings strength into the life of the individual. So the, the fourth we're going to touch on, touch on today is faith. And the aspect of faith that we are looking at is the presence of God. Strength drawn from the presence of God. Powerful. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You see, people are weak because they are not with God. People are weak because they are, they are not waiting on God. You may be, in, you know, there are people in church, but they are not waiting on God. You can be in church, but not with God. It's very possible. And I pray that that will not be your portion. You must be with God. You must be with God. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. So if you find out that you are burning out, it means that check what who you are waiting on. Check who you are waiting on. If you find out that you are burning out, check who you are waiting on. You may be coming to church and you are waiting on yourself. You may be coming to church and you are waiting on someone else. Did this person see me? Did that person see me? Did they see my new dress? Did they see my new shoe? Did they see my new hair? Did they see how I am just moving like a queen or a king? Did they see it? Is the person that you are wondering if they saw you that you are waiting on? If it's God you are waiting on, when you come, you are, what is on your heart is, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your heart. Let my words, let it be a sweet sound in your head. You are consumed with God and waiting. It's just like a waiter. When, somebody, when a waiter is waiting on you, they may be in a corner, but they are, they are watching. They, are, they want, Once you raise your hand, they are, they are there. Oh, what can I get for you? They are waiting on you. You, you are their focus. 
And you, of course, you get upset when you go to a, a restaurant that, you're, you know, it's not a cheap restaurant and the waiter is not even paying attention to you. You get upset. The reason you get upset is that you expect the waiter too. And that's how it is with God. When you come to God, when you come to church, or, yeah, you, which is why, again, I would say, physical church will always trump online church. I said that last week in a different dimension, again, another dimension today, because online church is great if that is the only option you have. <laughs> of course. It is amazing if that's the only option you have. And if that's the only option you have, guess what? You, your approach to it is even different. You are more serious with it. If it is the only option you have. Just like the Chinese church, underground church, when they get the Bible, they have to share the Bible. They tear different pages. Some person takes Psalm 23. Another person takes Psalm 24. They take it home. They cherish it. They read it. The following Sunday, they exchange the, part, the different parchments. If that's the only option you have. But if, if it is not the only option you have, we tend to take it for granted. Guess what? We, we are distracted. We are cooking. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Pastor, that's correct. You are tasting your soup. <laughs> and you forgot the next three things the man said. The key thing is, attention on him. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and not faint. Waiting on God infuses you with strength. The presence of God, the joy of being with God, brings strength that is unexplainable. So when people become weak and lethargic and burning out, check, check. Check your connection. Nehemiah 8.10 says to us, Nehemiah 8.10, and Nehemiah continued, go and celebrate. Now, this is, this is a bit, the background to this story is, is this. Ezra has just read the law to them. Ezra has just shown them, you know, how, because there were, they were people that were coming from exile mostly, even the people that were remnant, you know, they, they moved, there was no priesthood. There was no, nobody was teaching the word. Nobody was, you know, teaching them in the ways of God. So they've gone so far. So when they were hearing the word from Ezra, the people were actually weeping. Ah, wow. See our lives. But Nehemiah came in as the governor and the leader and said, Go and celebrate. Don't be dejected and sad. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, we quote that scripture and that's so true. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So, you can't have the joy of the Lord if you don't have the presence of God. The joy of, of the Lord comes from the presence of God. And that comes when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in their midst. That is why the most joyful place should be the church. But when you approach church of God or fellowship of meeting with God's people casually, you don't get the benefits of, of it. It is the source of sense. The presence of God is a formidable source of strength. Psalm 46, we'll close with it from verse 1. It says, God is our refuge and strength. Hallelujah. God, a very present help in trouble. So it is his presence that brings refuge 
and strength. You see that? God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. So we will not fear. When earthquakes come and mountains crumble into the sea, let the oceans roar and foam. Let the mountains tremble as the water surge. We will not fear. So God is our refuge and strength. So when the earthquakes, I check people, I, I look at people. When their earth is quaking, how are they responding? I know God is not their refuge and strength. Because if God is your refuge and strength, of course you are human, you, should be, you can be concerned and all that. I'm not saying you should even be in the denial. But there will be this strength about you that is unexplainable. And it is from God's presence. It's not from bravado. It's from God's presence. You know that you know that you know that you know that God is your refuge and strength. Is a very present help in trouble. Is there trouble? God is present. And because God is present, you have refuge, protection, and you have strength. Hallelujah. So, faith has to be in God. God is your refuge and Strength. And you may be here this morning and you're like, Pastor, I want to make God my refuge and strength. I cannot even begin to talk about being strong if I am not healthy. I cannot begin to talk about being strong spiritually if I'm not even healthy. If I, I need to surrender my life to Jesus. I need to come into that place of relationship with God and have him as my refuge and strength. If that is you, I want to pray with you wherever you are. I'm going to ask that you Lift up your hand. Whether you are online, yes, you may be in your kitchen, you may be in your car, you may be in the living room, wherever you are, or you may be in church. You're like, Pastor, pray with me. I want to pray with you. I will ask that you put up your hand now over your head as I turn it over to the RP.